0: Hi, this is Edwin Crozier. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ in this study of God's Word. You're about to hear one of the hardest lessons we've faced in our continued study on prayer. May God bless you as you join the Franklin Church and me in studying the Plugged In Church. If you're our guest here today, I want to welcome you at the Franklin Church of Christ, but I'm also going to warn you, you've come on a tough day. We're working through our month of prayer, focusing on prayer. It's our fall focus, learning to plug into God. And I'm just warning you, as along with all the members here, that today is a hard lesson. It's entitled, The Plugged In Church. And I'm just going to warn you, brethren, I've got some tough things to say to us as a church about prayer but I hope that we'll all be stronger for it and be better prayers and be better as a congregation at praying. With that in mind, would you bow with me as we pray? Father in heaven, we praise Your almighty, majestic name. You are indeed ruler and creator. You are the lawgiver. You are the redeemer. You have loved us and sent Your Son for us. And that's why we're gathered here because we love You for that. We praise Your name. And we thank You for the forgiveness that You've offered us through Your Son's blood. We recognize, Father, that we have a great deal of room to grow. And we pray that You would help us to do so. We desire to be stronger prayers, to be more deeply connected to You and our work here as a congregation. And we pray that You would strengthen us in that as well. Father, be with us today as we study Your Word, that our hearts will be open to the things that You have to say to us, to the example that has been left for us by Your early children, and pray that we can apply these things to our lives and to the work here as a congregation. Father, watch over us. Go with us. Forgive us where we've fallen short in these things, and help us to improve and to grow. And we're so thankful that You have given us time to grow. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The great majority of congregations today neither believe nor truly know the power of God or the importance of prayer. I recognize that that is an extremely difficult statement. A harsh statement. But let me say it to you again. Relatively few congregations in today's world know or truly believe the power of God. Relatively few congregations in the world today know or truly believe the importance of prayer. I haven't been to every congregation in the world but I've been to quite a few. And I imagine that among you, we've been to a whole bunch when we take a look at the congregations we have worked with or visited. And while it may not be true for some few congregations, let me ask you in your experience as you have been involved in congregations, if you have not seen this very same thing. The great majority of congregations spend more time making announcements than offering prayers. I'm afraid that all too often we would find that to be the case. I know the conversations that I have had with people as I've discussed within prayer and the congregation, we've got our opening prayer. And of course, that prayer is not supposed to be long and wordy. We're just opening the service. We're asking God's blessing on what we're going to do. Certainly, we should ask for forgiveness because we've been sinning this week. But really, we shouldn't go on and on during that prayer. We're just getting things going in the worship service. And of course, the prayers that we have as we're at the Lord's table and for the contribution, those should be focused specifically on the Lord's Supper and the contribution. And so we shouldn't, wander about in prayer and that shouldn't take much time at all and then of course we have our closing prayer and that's designed to dismiss us to bless us and send us on our way and that shouldn't take a lot of time in addition to all that we've got to remember we've got elderly folks with bad backs we've got young moms with small children and we've all been trained by television not to be able to focus on long prayers and spending much time at prayer I know all that stuff. I've heard all that stuff. Regrettably, I have said some of that stuff. But it began to dawn on me. Once we have finally whittled away all of our usual prayer times, when is the time as a congregation that we devote ourselves to prayer? Acts chapter 11 and verse 21. In Acts chapter 11... And verse 21, we learn about the church at Antioch and the great success they had, and we find out why. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Why did they succeed? Because God's hand was with them. wasn't because of all the programs they had set up wasn't because of all the plans that they had made. It was because God's hand was with them. How is God's hand going to be with us? Remember one of our theme verses for this month, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, we've said it so much you might even have it memorized now. To Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, by the power working in us. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. He can do it by working through us. But what must we do? We must ask and we must think. We've got to pray. We've got to be a congregation that is plugged in to God. That is connected through prayer. Inviting Him to work through us as a congregation. You will often hear us say from this pulpit that if we want to be what these people were, if we want to accomplish what these people accomplished, we have to do what they did. As you read through the Bible, you will find out what they did. These Christians here, these churches, prayed. And what we find as we read through the scriptures are plugged in churches. When the leaders were given to prayer, when the church continued steadfastly in prayer, God worked. Through their prayers. And brethren, I believe that is the same situation we are in today. If our leaders are given to prayer, if the congregation continues steadfastly in prayer, God will respond and God will work through us and our prayers. Let's examine these three statements. Leaders being given to prayer. I want you to notice that I did put leaders. I did not put elders. Because there are leaders who are not elders. There are folks who influence and impact the lives of others who are not just elders. So please, do not shut down and do not believe that I am talking to the six men we have appointed as elders. Though, guys, I am talking to you and I hope you won't fire me when I'm done. Leaders must be given to prayer. The very first thing we recognize when leaders are given to prayer is that they prioritize prayer. Turn to Acts chapter 6. I want to set the stage for you in Acts chapter 6. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. That's Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, we find out that in the Jerusalem church, they were taking care of their widows who had nothing. They had no means of support. The church was the only thing that could take care of them. And the church was taking care of some of them. Here we find that Satan has planted the seeds of division and discord. Can you imagine the tension? This is a racial issue. Can you imagine the tension that would occur if something along the lines of this occurred in this congregation? And so the Hellenists came to the apostles, the leaders of the Jerusalem congregation, and they said, y'all got to do something about this. Notice their response, beginning in verse 2. Acts chapter 6 and verse 2. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Can you imagine... Here are widows that are starving if the church doesn't take care of them. And they've come, the church has come to the leaders and said, what are you going to do about it? You're the leaders. And the leaders said, well, we don't have time to deal with it. We're praying. And we're teaching the Word. You go find men from among yourselves And take care of this. So we can continue our work of praying and ministering the Word. If that happened in churches today, I think we'd probably fire some elders, wouldn't we? That's exactly what happened here. Why? Because they prioritized. They understood their priorities. They recognized that they could get involved in the day-to-day action of taking care of these widows, but if they weren't leading the congregation in prayer, God's hand wouldn't be with them. They prioritized prayer. Leaders, let me ask you, do you find that there are things you just can't do because you have to use that time to pray? Or do you find that you're involved in so many things that you don't have time to pray? These leaders prioritized prayer. Next, I want you to notice that since it was a priority, they did it every day. Look in Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. I had no doubt that in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, when it talks about the hour of prayer, it's referring to the Jewish custom. They had hours of prayer. But every day at the ninth hour, guess which hour it was? It was the hour of prayer. And as Luke points out to us that Peter and John are coming to the temple at this hour of prayer, there's an implication here. The implication is this was their usual practice. When it's the hour of prayer, what did they do? They went to pray. They did it every day. They didn't wait for Sunday for the church to be gathered. They didn't wait for special business meetings. They scheduled prayer in their lives and they had it Daily. Also notice in this very same passage that they prayed together. They prayed leaders with other leaders. Peter and John went together to pray. I have no doubt that the leaders here spend time in prayer, but how much time do we spend together praying? And I'm not just talking about we're getting together and having a business meeting so we have our obligatory opening prayer and closing prayer. I mean, how often do the leaders just get together? Maybe just one or two. Peter and John were going together. They weren't together with all the apostles at the time. There was just two of them there. Maybe they were going to meet the rest of them. Maybe they were all going to be there. But here are two getting together. We know they're going to pray. How much time, leaders, do we spend with one another? Praying. Again, I'm not talking about those times when we get together to eat and pray before the meal. I mean, how much time do we as leaders just spend together with other leaders praying? What would we pray for? Well, these leaders prayed for every aspect of the work. In Acts chapter 4, when some of the apostles had been in prison and they came back and told them what had happened... In Acts chapter four, beginning at verse twenty-three, being let go, they went their own. They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, "Lord, you are God." And we can read through their prayer. And what did they pray? They prayed that He would give them boldness. Verse 29, Now Lord, look on their threats and grant to Your servants that with all boldness they may speak Your Word by stretching out Your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through, through the name of Your holy servant, Jesus. When somebody was attacking the work they prayed when they needed strength and, and boldness. They prayed. In Acts chapter 6, when they appointed these seven men to deal with the work of taking care of these widows, in Acts chapter 6 and verse 6, we'll notice, whom they set before the apostles, these seven men, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 3, the Holy Spirit had chosen Paul and Barnabas and said, send them out. They're going to go out and they're going to do some work for me. Y'all send them. In verse 3 of Acts 13, then having fasted and prayed... And laid hands on them. They sent them away. What we'll notice is that every aspect of the work of these early churches was done through prayer. Prayer is not just something that should be done occasionally. It's not just something where we should just every once in a while say, Oh yeah, Lord, please bless the Franklin Church and our work there. Every aspect of our work. Prayer should be the beginning of it. It should be what carries us through it. It should be the conclusion of whatever we've accomplished, thanking God for His grace in us. Pray for every aspect of the work. We need to be praying for our Bible classes. We need to be praying for our worship services. We need to be praying for our song leader and song service. We need to be praying for the sermons. We need to be praying for the evangelism. We need to be praying for anything we do. Leaders, it should be governed by prayer. because without God's hand involved, it is destined for failure. And then we should just pray whenever together, leaders. I find it interesting in Acts chapter 20, Paul in Acts chapter 20 called the Ephesian elders to him in Miletus. He didn't call them there to pray. It wasn't a prayer meeting. He called them there to pass on some information to them. But I find it very interesting as these leaders are gathered there, these elders gathered with Paul. They've been dealing with other issues. They've been talking about the will of God and he's been encouraging them. And then in Acts chapter 20 and verse 36, when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Leaders, I just think it would be good that whenever we find ourselves together, that we ought to take some time to pray whether we were gathered for a business meeting, whether we were gathered to just have fun, we need to take some time to pray. Praise God. Ask Him to be with us. Ask Him to be with the congregation. Pray. Leaders must be given to prayer. If the leaders are given to prayer and the congregation continues steadfastly in prayer, then God will respond and will work through us and our prayers. But it doesn't just take leaders given to prayer. It takes a congregation that continues in prayer. Now, I know we said just a moment ago that the leaders of the congregation must prioritize prayer, but they're doing their job, we hope, and as they're praying, we trust that they're praying, but we need to follow their example because they can't do our praying for us. And if a church is going to continue steadfastly in prayer, it must prioritize prayer. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Verse 41, about 3,000 souls were added. Here's a congregation of about 3,000. And notice what they do in verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in... Prayers. That very first congregation, one of their number one priorities was the church prayed. Prayer must be a priority in our lives, in the work of this congregation. I fear that perhaps even our own preaching has demonstrated our lack of reliance on prayer. How many sermons have you heard on the work of the local congregation? And what have we been told? What have I preached? Evangelism? Edification? Benevolence of the saints? But what about prayer? Prayer? Please don't tell me we cover that when we talk about worship, because we talk about teaching when we talk about worship too, but we make sure to make that a part of the work, don't we? Prayer is the most important work we do. Because without that connection to God, everything else we do in vain is in vain. Psalm one twenty seven, one. Let's just go back there and remember what we learned last week. I know that Verse starts off talking about the family, but I think it applies to everything. Psalm 127 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Unless the Lord is building this house, unless He is guarding it, all that we are doing is in vain. We can schedule lots of activities. We can be busy. We can be spinning our wheels. But until we plug into the power of God through prayer, it's not going to accomplish anything worthwhile. Prayer is not just a work. It is the work that we need to be doing as a congregation. And therefore, we need to be doing it Congregationally. Very interesting. Before the day of Pentecost, before the day of Pentecost, when the church was established officially, we find a group of disciples that are meeting with the apostles. They're waiting for whatever this is that God's going to do to establish His kingdom. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They were together in one accord praying. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, we read moments ago how the church continued steadfastly in prayers. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple. They were doing this congregationally, daily with one accord in the temple. They continued steadfastly in prayer. Let me ask you just to think about this for a moment. As a congregation, when we're gathered together in assembly. How much time do you think we spend in a week? Seven days. How much time do you think we spend in a week in prayer congregationally? Think we might get thirty minutes? Or about twenty five? Think we get twenty? Surely we could get fifteen. I don't know about every week. But I know as I was preparing for this sermon a few weeks ago, I timed our congregational prayers for an entire week. Twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. Congregationally. That didn't include Bible classes. I'm sure that some Bible classes prayed, and I know you had group meetings and you prayed, and I'm sure you prayed individually, but as a congregation and assembly, we prayed twelve minutes. to bring to heart the statement I made at the beginning of the sermon. I know it's not this way necessarily every week, but that week I also timed the announcements 15 minutes. Do you think, brethren, that that qualifies as continuing steadfastly in prayer like the Jerusalem church did? Well, I struggle to think that that qualifies. I'm not saying that every prayer has to be an extremely long prayer. All I'm saying is I think we need to give some serious thought to making sure that as a congregation we are continuing steadfastly in prayer. Maybe what we need to do is extend our idea of the worship assembly from an hour to an hour and a half and schedule some more prayers in there with specific assignments. None of them would have to take long, but in the total we'd spend more time praying. Or maybe we need to schedule at least one service a month, take one of our Sunday nights like we do with our singing, and have it strictly devoted to prayer. I don't know, but I just think, brethren, if we want to be what they were, 12 minutes a week, which won't even give us an hour a month, is probably not cutting it. We need to pray together, congregationally. I know one thing that would just automatically help is that if we recognize some of our songs were prayers and sang them that way, that would help. But we need to pray congregationally. We also need to pray individually. In Acts chapter 16... Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, Paul and Silas are in prison. It's about midnight. What are they doing? At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Here were men that were devoted to prayer. And so when they were off in prison, I recognize they're by together. They're not exactly in their own prayer closets, but nevertheless, what we find here, it's not a congregational setting, here individually, just in their lives, these guys are devoted to prayer. We as individuals need to be devoted to prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, short verse. Pray without ceasing. That needs to describe our lives. Boy, well, we've already had the lesson on the plugged in saying I'm not just talking about an individual prayer life. I'm talking about our prayer lives as individual members of this congregation. In our individual prayers, we need to be devoted to praying for the congregation. We need to be praying for the work of the congregation. We need to be praying for the other members in the congregation. We need to be praying for our elders, for our deacons. Yes, please pray for me and my family. My family, certainly you need to pray for them. They need lots of prayers putting up with me. But we need to pray. Pray for the husbands in this church. Pray for the wives in this church. Pray for the parents in this church. Pray for the children within this congregation. Pray. Some night, sit down and pull out your directory and go page to page and pray for your brethren. If you know some specific needs about them, pray for them. If you don't, pray for the general things that you know they need. Wisdom, guidance, strength, support, encouragement to live in this world. Now, when you do that, don't go out this morning telling me, hey, I already do that... Matthew 6, verse 5. When you pray, Matthew 6 and verse 5. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5 says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Don't broadcast it. Don't tell anybody. Just pray. Pray from house to house. There's no doubt that as a congregation, even if we have work to do in our congregational prayers, we do pray congregationally. I am certain that most of us pray individually. But what about from house to house? Small groups of Christians gathered gathered simply to pray. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, Acts 2, verse 46 and 47, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. We take a look at these two verses, and I think sometimes we miss half of it. We recognize that from house to house, we need to get together and take our meals with gladness and have times of, of Fun, social time. And that's awesome. We need to be doing that. But I want you to notice that these people, even though they were assembling every day from house to house, not only were they eating their meals, but they were praising God. And that amazes me because in today's world, where typically most churches meet twice on Sunday and have a Wednesday night service, when they start talking about trying to get some groups together, the number one question to ask is, we're not going to have another Bible study, are we? I mean, we're already getting enough of that. We're not going to have another prayer session, are we? These guys were assembling every day. And when they got together house to house, they couldn't get enough of it. Praising God was that important to them. Acts chapter 12. And verse 12, James has been executed. Peter is in prison. Herod is promising that at the end of the Passover week, he's going to put Peter to death as well to please the Jews. What does the church do? In Acts chapter 12 and verse 12, it says, When he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose name, surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. There was a group of people praying. From the context, we can probably deduce that this was a late night prayer. He was going to be executed the next day, which means the Passover week was about to end, which meant it was probably the night following the Sabbath, Saturday night. They've got church tomorrow, but what are they doing on Saturday night? They're gathered in somebody's house late at night, probably after midnight, praying. Why? Because it was that important to them. You know, here's just one thing that I have to tell you I struggle with, is that they had been doing this all week long. And I just wondered to myself, how many different ways could they ask, please release Peter? But they did it all week long. And they gather Saturday night, late at night, and they're praying please do something about Peter. Is there anything that, that, that is that important to us? That we would prioritize the time to go over to somebody's house to do nothing but pray? Some people have Bible studies in their home. Some have singings in their home. Maybe we should start having prayings in our home as well. Just have a group of people that get together regularly to pray. What can we accomplish if we did that? Because if the leaders are given to prayer, and the church continues in prayer, God will work through our prayers. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, right after saying that the church was praising God, that they were meeting from house to house, praising God, the next thing it says, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When we're plugged into God, He'll respond. He'll add. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, remember when they had gathered together to pray that God would give them boldness. In Acts 4, verse 31, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Please do not get caught up in the miraculous nature of God's answer. I just want you to notice, they prayed for boldness, and God gave it to them. God worked through their prayers. In Acts chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, they had appointed these men to take care of the widows. They prayed for them. And despite the fact that Satan had sown the seeds of division, in verse 7 it says, then the Word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Satan wants to divide us, but when we're connected to God, God will multiply us. And finally, in Acts chapter 12, where we just were, the church was praying for Peter. And you know the story. In Acts 12 and verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Verse 7, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by Peter, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. God delivers. When the leaders are given to prayer, and the congregation continues in prayer, God works through us and our prayers. Remember Ephesians 3:20. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Through the power working in us. But we must ask or think. We must pray. We must plug in. I certainly hope this lesson was a spiritual benefit to you. Let's remember what we've learned. The entire lesson can be summed up in saying, when the leaders of the congregation are given to prayer and the brethren in the congregation continue steadfastly in prayer, then God will respond and work through us and our prayers. Again, I want to thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ in this study. And I invite you to study with us on any number of subjects. If you've been given this lesson on CD by a friend, feel free to get on our website at www.FranklinChurchOfChrist.com and download any of the lessons we have available in audio format or download the outlines to print out and study on your own. If you have any questions about the local church, about prayer, or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please contact us by calling 615-794-2359 or contact us through our website. Again, that's franklinchurchofchrist.com. May God richly bless you, and may you richly bless God.